0: You're listening to the 49 Carats Podcast, a 49ers Goldmine
1: production with Stephanie Sanchez.
0: What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another edition of the 49 Carats Podcast. I'm your host, Steph. It is Monday, December 4th. Victory Monday and maybe no greater Victory Monday than this one for maybe a while right like weston this one this one feels exceptionally well over some of the rest because of who who uh the 49ers victoried (laughs) on on sunday right
1: (laughs) yeah um yeah i I'm, i'm like trying to press my mind it's been a long time you know since like a regular season win especially for a team that just has different aspirations you try not to get your You know, too high, too low based on the flow of like the regular season. But this one was just super sweet, given how the, you know, our season came to an end and who it came, you know, whose hands it came to an end in and all the trash that talk that has led up to this over the last 10 months or so. Um, And to whoop them, to whoop them, Steph, like that. wow and i'm gonna eat humble pie too right because on this show last week i said i don't think this is gonna go the way people are anticipating it and i don't think you know i i i think very highly of what the the product that the philadelphia eagles put out there but my god that exceeded any come on i don't care what score you predicted before the game if you're the niners by a million crowd right like you never actually (laughs) believe that but that's what it felt like yesterday it was it was awesome
0: Oh yeah. That's definitely what it felt like. And I, I know a lot of Eagles fans after the fact coping, you know, with the, with the loss of this great of their team, you know, a lot of them are like the 49ers are treating this like it was their Super bowl. I mean, I don't think they understand how much pain like that NFC championship game was for us fans because we, we didn't, we will never know how that ended and the way that this game played out, like it had us feeling kind of vindicated, right? Like we knew all along what would have happened in a, in a way. And, you know, I, I know it won't change the outcome of the NFC championship game, but damn, does it feel good on uh, December 3rd uh, to get that win yeah, I know it's week 13. I know it's very likely these two teams meet again in heightened circumstances in the playoffs. But I'm enjoying this and I'm not going <laughs> to let anyone else like not let me enjoy this. You know,
1: listen, there's enough chaos that goes on in this world. If I can take a, the next week and just smile a little bit wider <laughs> until the next game. Yeah, damn right. I'm going to do it. And. What's so crazy about this to me, Steph, is like A, this was the game that was circled on the calendar at the start, right? Like as soon as you saw the schedule release, you circled that, and you were probably all of us thinking, like, God, I just hope we're healthy enough when we get to that game and let's see it play, play even. Um, the other thing for me though, that's so crazy, like seeing listen, we all do this as fans, we all cope with a loss. You try to find us we do it on our right on this show to like yeah. find a little bit yeah. of a silver lining in 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 defeat, if you will. Yeah. But what's crazy is like, yeah, I'm sure most 49er fans are probably celebrating like we won the Super Bowl. But you know what? None of that matters. I don't I don't think for the team, it just looked like business as usual. Right. Like and that's what matters the most. Seth if you walked into my house at kickoff of 1 p.m. Games through the rest of the day on any random Sunday, you would think it was the freaking Super Bowl going on at my home because that's how we watch and enjoy football. And that's the beauty about being a fan. I could celebrate this however I want whenever i want and nobody can tell us otherwise
0: yeah exactly and if you think this had any semblance of what the 49ers winning the super bowl would look like you would be sadly mistaken we're taking (laughs) we're taking so many victory laps it's not even funny so no this is just the tip of the iceberg
1: if the 49ers were able to actually play the philadelphia eagles in the super bowl right i know it obviously can't happen and we won that game we would literally as fans remove the rocky statue and fly it back to 4949 <laughs> Centennial Boulevard right like that's how crazy we're going to go when that actually happens you know
0: yeah but um i mean all, all all in good fun uh talking about how happy we are today on this victory monday but let's let's go through the game right like how how the game transpired and it was a hell of a game i know the final score you know, doesn't exactly, well, it does tell you exactly what happened, but I think there were moments in this game where, you know, you, you got the sense that, Oh, like, this is, this is serious. Like this feels like a playoff game early in that first quarter. I felt like Philadelphia, at least on defense had a lot of that momentum going for them the crowd in, in Philadelphia was hyped they had reason to be the 49ers weren't moving the football they were going backwards in, in one of those drives and so from that point like I kind of I was getting a little stressed so I was getting a little stressed and what I think I saw at that moment I was like man like this this is my greatest fear like the offensive line not being able to you know hold their end of the bargain against much better um, opponents. And and that's how I felt about the Eagles' defensive line. But, you know, it was a completely different game after the first quarter because it just looked like Kyle Shanahan ripped up the the first 25 plays he had scripted uh, because, you know, whatever plays he had in those first two drives didn't really get much going. And the adjustments were really good from Kyle Shanahan just right out the gate to get, you know, Brock Purdy and the offense back on track. What did you think about, I guess like the up and down? Well, it was really just one up or or sorry, one down and one really big up for the offense from there. So how did you feel about the offensive performance in this game?
1: Yeah. In my line of work, we call that a hockey stick, right? Up and to the right. That's what it looked like after the first quarter. Um, but the first quarter was shaky ground. Like, let's just put it this way. If you didn't have the luxury of being able to sit in front of the your TV and watch this game, whatever it might be, and you were stat checking, like, at work or with family or whatever you were doing, and you looked at it at the end of the first quarter, you were like, my God, they're probably down 28 nothing right now based on time of possession, negative mm-hmm. six yards through an entire quarter, um And you know my biggest fear was coming true. Like again on this, your show last week, I said like I fear this team because of this. I think they are far. Their defensive line is far superior to our offensive line. And honestly, that's what the first two drives looked like, right? I mean, they couldn't get any anything going with. Their, I don't they, I mean they barely even tried to run, but like you know, pressure in Brock's face, like you know, moving out of the pocket and just timing looked off, sequence looked off, and you know, and then like you said, right, like. but i think the saving grace was and you saw this tide like turn a little bit was after that second possession for philadelphia not getting into the end zone again you were like got it one possession can you can still take the lead here right even if you stop the bleeding you go down and kick a field goal you know just get something positive going like you're still in this game and that kind of slowed the breathing a little bit because i think i was like hyperventilating through the first quarter (laughs) and then you just saw like wizardry i don't even know what 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 the word the right word is here like from the master the, the puppet master himself like kyle shanahan like this game just so quickly flipped on a script and i agree with you and i don't think i've ever seen this in kyle's tenure just scrapping 20 the first 25 like that's his that's what he's known for right that's what that's how he gets out to leads like that's what's that's the stuff that's in the lab all week is that first script that plays to ask that man that carries himself as arrogantly as he does to toss that out the window and say it's not working like that doesn't often happen and he did you know I, i i firmly believe he was just like I got it i see what they're trying to do to us now how do i exploit this on the fly and it was insane to watch thereafter
0: yeah that was probably the quickest adjustment i've seen from kyle shanahan in a game Ever. ever yes um and i i wonder if part of that was like i don't know maybe the extra time to prepare for the game he had like a plan b ready to go just in case um because you know sometimes when you game plan you you kind of try to suss out what the opponent is going to do um and how they're going to try to stop you and it just seemed like he already had you know the adjustment in his bag in his back pocket in case he needed to bring it out and he needed to bring it out and they never looked back from that point on the eagles had no answer from that point on and I mean, the the rest is history. But Weston, like you, you mentioned the fact that, you know, the 49ers defense was able to hold the Eagles offense to just six points on what felt like two successful drives for them. Right. Like they were moving the football. uh, They were getting A.J. Brown the ball. You know, they they looked like themselves in in those first two drives. But I think what we've seen from this defense over and over again, even when they get into those situations, they bend, don't break, right? And yep. and those two drives for the defense were huge because yeah, it, it really just made the you know, the Eagles going up by six points surmountable. <laughs> you know, like Real that's fun. that's nothing. Okay. You gave us you gave Kyle Shanahan that time to to make that adjustment. And, and not feel like the game has gotten out of control or anything like that. So then it was just a matter of settling in. And that's exactly what the 49ers did. And I would even say the defense settled in even further, right? And I, I think it all started with stopping the Eagles' run game. I was very yeah. impressed with it. It seemed like that was kind of Steve Wilkes' focus out of the gate limiting the run game and rather quickly they turn the Eagles offense one dimensional which is crazy because you don't you don't think about the Eagles offense in that way they they're always balanced you know DeAndre Swift with their offensive line the blocking they're always getting you know 3 plus yards a carry um and the 49ers defense limited them to 2.6 yards per carry on the day that is huge right and that's why at the end of it they were able to just play the coverage game and you know Jalen Hurts wasn't even able to find guys open because the secondary have how they've been playing lately um I mean they they just been on the tear right so yeah. everything worked from there and we know the offense on the other hand went and scored six touchdowns in a row at one point it was 21 unanswered i mean just just an avalanche of of scoring and that's the that was the name of the game
1: so funny i say this all the time how well so first the comment I said somebody tell me that they swear that kyle shanahan did that on purpose over the first two series and i love this somebody uh, but I can't subscribe to that as arrogant as I know Kyle Shanahan to be. I think that is like flirting with death. Cause what if they went up 14, nothing and your plan absolutely backfires. Right. So I know, I know that's half jest, et cetera. And this person knows a ton about football and we were having a great laugh about it. But that being said, like to me, the only professional sport where coaching matters is the NFL. And I think yesterday you saw exactly why, right? Like, And it was, they both came down to adjustments. They were gashing us those first two drives, not in the run game. The run was the running game was being stopped even on those drives. It was in the air, but I think Wilts trusted like his game plan, trusted that he would adjust and, and trusted the assignments. He provided that defensive line and it stymied the biggest component of their running game. Which is, we all want to say DeAndre Swift, but the catalyst of it is the mobile quarterback and Jalen Hurts. And that's why he can hold that ball for so long back there. And then it became like, all right, got that. Those lanes are gone. We're stuffing the run. Got to a point in the game where it's like, why would you even bother to run? You have to abandon it. And then I don't want to say it was never in this game ears back. Right? Like it was like. Rush to spots, hold the spots, and we're gonna we're just gonna cover you. And, and Wilkes just has a lot of faith in this defensive backfield, a lot of trust, um, a lot of man in this game. Um, I mean, Jesus, like a couple of times you had yeah, Jair Brown max up one on one on Devonta Smith, and I'm like, what are we doing here? You know what I mean? That's <laughs> yeah, a, that's, that's a Heisman old. Trophy winner with like a dude who's played you know less than twelve quarters of professional football. Like, but they didn't have a pro- they didn't bat an eye doing it, and they looked. Pretty insane, doing it. It was, it was wild. I'm still now I sound like I'm celebrating as the Super Bowl. I'm just it was just a really, really fun game to watch where things yeah. didn't start well, clicked real well. And oh, by the way, I happened to split the difference between New York City and Philadelphia where I live. And I got a family full of Philadelphia Eagles fans and to know a ton of Philadelphia Eagle fans, and I could finally just you know, Steph, I had I had to I had to be the class act, right? They were all talking junk <laughs> before the game, as
0: they do, and, as yeah, they do. yeah, of
1: course, of course, yeah. And, which is part of the game, but after the game, right? They respond like, "Good game." I'm like, "Bro, I'm not it even is. gonna talk trash. We'll uh. see you again. This isn't even the one that I wanted to win. We'll see you again in the yeah, playoffs. That's, that's the one true. that I want to win." There we go.
0: Yeah, but you uh, going back to the to the defense? I I kind of feel like these guys on defense kind of like relish the opportunity to be trusted right like Wilkes having that trust in those guys I think elevates their play even more because it's all on them and Mooney Ward these past two weeks we'll talk more about him in a bit but like (laughs) he's he's just been awesome against these like all pro wide receivers like, what business does Mooney Ward have covering, like, following DK Metcalf around and then the following week doing the same with A.J. Brown, who A.J. Brown's a much better receiver than DK Metcalf. No shade of Metcalf at all, nope. but A.J. Brown's, like, a top five receiver in the league, and strapping him up? I mean, A.J. Brown got his in the first yeah, yeah. two – you know, he got his, um, but from there – those guys kind of just disappeared. I mean, I, I, I think from that point, it was really just Devontae Smith who was getting, you know, more more targets and catches, but that's all Mooney Ward for you. I I do want to ask, uh, or I just want to discuss this Weston. Um, Dre Greenlaw and uh, head of security for the Eagles. I'm already forgetting his name. Um. <laughs> His name's only been plastered on, like,
1: Twitter. Yeah, Dom. I remember Big Dom. Dom. That's what, that's yeah, what I remember.
0: Yeah. They were building yeah. statues for him, apparently, already um, in Philadelphia. But, <laughs> <laughs> like, I I don't – a very controversial moment in the game. Because, yeah. for one, it's like, you know, Greenlaw putting a hand on anyone. Like, you know, I, I get it. Like, that's that's call for for getting disqualified. For sure. uh, but Big Dom, like, bro, what are you doing? Like, who who are you to be up in the mix like that? And that's really what kind of set it off for both sides, I think. And it was just a very weird moment in the game. Like, it, it felt like the game was starting to lull a little bit, and the 49ers were taking control. Um, they had the reins of the game. Yeah. And then for a moment there, it just felt like the Eagles got it back um it, and the crowd was like all mad and back into it it was just a weird weird moment I've never seen anything like that happen in a game
1: well you, you know what this uh, this event did for me is I didn't even know they had chief security officers that were on the sideline of games and I've been only profiling the sport for 36 years like <laughs> I, I couldn't even tell you who holds that role for the 49ers right I would have to go Google that I don't have a Here's my problem with it all is, all right, like, do I ever need to know the name of the chief security officer of any other team, including mine? Like, no, you know, probably shouldn't have been there. Probably shouldn't be that close to the sideline to begin with. But the bigger problem for me is it's it's Dre Greenlaw. Like, you know better. You know better. Why do I know you know better? Because this is, yeah, Paul Blart Malkov, that's on the side over there, is like, you, this ain't like, this happens time and time and time again. Unfortunately, this one didn't cost us. Felt like it was, though, right? Yeah. At that moment of time, the Eagles were asleep at the wheel, and you're like, you just went ahead and poked the bear. Why are you poking the bear? Um, and this is my problem with, with Dre. Like a dude is a heck yeah. of a football player. He's tremendous, but he's a liability. And like that, that one time and probably the most significant moment possible, it's going to screw. He's Draymond Green. Like you need the, <laughs> yeah, I've
0: seen a lot of people make that you, comparison. I don't even I don't follow say. the goal and
1: say I hate the NBA, but I can tell you, I know who Draymond Green is because I know, every football team, uh, excuse me, every team wants a, a bully, an enforcer, a guy who's not going to be intimidated. And that's Dre Greenlaw. But Draymond Green was getting, th- what, what did he lead the league in, what is he, Dennis Rodman leading the league in technicals, you know, year after year yeah. after year after year. And some of the, it, it's less costly in the NBA. because what's it, a free throw and pos- one free, one free throw and a possession, right? Like got 85 possessions that take place. Like in the NFL, 15 yards, automatic first down. When did that yeah. happen? Where did that happen? Like it's a, He's a liability. Sorry. As good of a player as he is, he's a liability, and that's my bigger problem with this issue outside of, like, why is this Dom guy even three feet from the sideline to begin with? Not his job.
0: The You know, the timing of it felt not great, you know, because, yep. like I said, you know, the 49ers at that point were starting to take control of the game. It just felt like you, you gave the Eagles a necessary juice. But at the end of the day. It, it didn't end up mattering um yeah just no a little problem. let's just, just brush it off isn't that nice isn't that nice when you can have a, a liability like that a big play which could potentially be a game swinging event that happens yeah. and it doesn't even end up mattering um, shout out
1: to oren burks who came in and played well too so
0: he did. he did. He did. Shout out him. Yeah, that like I mean, that's tough to do. Like you're not expecting to to play the game, but you're ready for, for whatever comes up. And yeah, he had a he had a few tackles, few moments in there. So shout out him. Um. But I think with that, let's let's move on to talking about players who deserve to be nominated here for 49K player of the week. Um, because, I mean, a great performance for on both sides of the football. There's a lot of guys to, you know, give our flowers to here and put up for the voting. So, Weston, why don't you start us off uh, for today?
1: Uh, I was afraid you were going to say that. So afraid, I've been, uh, I lost sleep over this last night. No joke. Um Because I think I'm about to break the rules. And I know we haven't really set rules. On the but
0: first th- one? Yeah. Okay. Yeah,
1: because it means that much to me. So you could kick me out afterwards, but I'm gonna I gotta get it out anyway. All right. It's Kyle Shanahan. I know it's a 49k player of the week, but like it is absolutely positively this game was won from the sideline. I know players have to execute, but you can't watch this game and just tell me that his hand was not all over the outcome of this game from scrapping the first you know his first 24 like we talked about to i mean you had you had their edge rushers chasing their tails all over the field they had no idea which direction this ball was moving um this was he's been our head coach since 2017 this was his best coaching moment with the san francisco 49ers it was it was a masterpiece like it was unbelievable and i know we're going to talk about these players and these a lot of these players put up had great individual games and great stats but i felt like it was made easy for all of them this was all scheme in his bag throughout the game like i mean you come on you couldn't watch tv or watch anything 49er related without them just showing like every single person talk about like Look what they did on this play with this motion and this trickery and how that yeah. messes up what the linebackers think. It was everywhere. And you're like, my goodness. And not only that, here's what really sold like again, I know I'm breaking the rules here, but like it this was un like unbelievable job. Steph, you mentioned 21 answer points. Great. But you know what the 49ers normally do when they do that is then they spend the rest of the game trying to not lose the football game. Right. Mm -hmm. And then you saw Eagles take back a little bit more momentum, right? Hey, they'd get into the end zone and it happened more than once. And what the 49ers do come right down the field and answer that their touchdown with our own touchdown. And to me, that's what separates like yesterday's output versus what the body of work of Kyle Shanahan. It just, it just felt different. The entire the confidence he had just walking up and down the sideline, pumping the fist. Like he was like, this today is it today is yeah. my, you know what I mean? Like what, what do they call it? The what, What's the, your, your, my swan song. Like that was it. Like, I don't know if it's, <laughs> if you're going to get anything better um, from an individual. So I'm sorry. I know it's not a player, but it was a crazy performance nonetheless.
0: Yeah, I, I think this game sort of encapsulated, uh, I think that's how you say it, uh, like the growth of Kyle Shanahan. A lot of people lately have been talking about how he's grown as as a play caller, as a game manager. And I, you know, we're seeing it. And a lot of that has to do with, you know, Brock Purdy, right? But, you know, I, I think this game, it felt like it was also personal to Kyle Shanahan he understood the moment he understood the the gravity of this game and he wanted to go out there and make a statement like I know every coach is going to go out there and give you the coach speak answers and they're going to be like no this game was not any any bigger than any of the other ones we take this one week at a time and all that and it very well could be one week at a time but even even as subconsciously Like, I'm sure these guys, these coaches were circling this game on their calendars, whether they say it, whether they admit it or not. And so I think just the way that he went about this game and the confidence that he had in it came from the game plan that he wasn't even able to execute in the NFC Championship game, too. And now, like, you look at the Eagles' defense and they're less dangerous than they were then. Like, they, they have way more holes than they did then. So... I I just I think it came from a place of just wanting to make a statement and and knowing knowing he had the guys and he had the plays to make it happen. And yeah, it's just like I just a really quick example, like Rich put out a great um thread about just one of the plays that they ran like three different times, I believe, and each time um something different happened. Uh, so like no. the the Christian McCaffrey um route that uh was this the, 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 ended up hitting on the left
1: okay left, uh, sideline okay. so see this is the second
0: time yeah so this is the second time they ran it the first one was an incompletion to McCaffrey uh but McCaffrey did like an out on that one uh the second time they targeted Juwan Jennings uh up the middle but you see McCaffrey went off and ran a route. Um, But, yeah, uh, Jawan Jennings got that one. And then the third time they ran it, um, same same motion of McCaffrey going out here. And so the linebacker's thinking, oh, he's probably going to go out again because that's what he did the first time. And then what a
1: ball. Right over. He he released that before McCaffrey was was even out of his break on the out. That was. He
0: does that a lot, doesn't he? He does that a lot. That's Um, what you're taught
1: to do. Most most. You, you, you know because you have gunslingers right that they wait till you're open and they'll just place it in there like a dart right when you're more of a finesse thrower and you're a on accuracy you got to throw you throw to windows all day it's anticipation that's why you know that's how the west coast offense was invented if you yeah you know if you break that rhythm you break that quarterback like that it's that simple but it's really hard to break that rhythm
0: <laughs> yeah and and so like i think what we see out of kyle shanahan i mean we've always seen this he sets up plays you know sometimes within many games like you'll see like it's like i don't know a game of inception i don't don't know um but just like he he puts the idea in your head you know like he implants the idea um and then you think it's going to be one thing it turns into something else and i I mean it's it's really just he's mastered that it's unfair
1: and the coaches you know the coaches are playing the mind games with each other the players are playing the mind games with each other and like You know, nobody wants to be outsmarted. So then everybody's overthinking everything. It's just a mess, right? You know, and uh, but I don't know. I just thought that was his absolutely the best coach game that I've I've seen from Kyle Shanahan.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's that's totally fair. I think so, too. I I think so, too. And I think we'll just continue to see Kyle Shanahan grow as a play caller. And I think it's because of this next guy that I'm going to nominate.
1: Let's do it.
0: Brock Purdy I mean the the growth of Brock Purdy and the trust that Kyle Shanahan has in Brock Purdy is what has allowed this offense to evolve and to grow to what it is right now which is a juggernaut offense putting up like 42 points and it's against its two biggest opponents uh, in the Eagles and the Cowboys and on any other game, not just a, a measly like thirty plus, right? Yeah. <laughs> like on, on a bad day, you know, maybe scoring thirty plus. Um, so Brock Purdy has a lot to do with that. I mean, I, and I think overcoming that first quarter and that not exactly going to plan. He took two early sacks, going to the the scene of the crime. You know, your where yeah. your big injury happened. Uh, I mean, you know, there's there's the mental aspect of that, but it mentally it doesn't feel like anything phases Brock Purdy like there isn't anything getting through that head unless it is the the quick processing unless it's the game plan and executing it to a T nothing else no outside noise is is getting through that head, which is great when you play the quarterback position. As we saw, he settled in the, in the second quarter. In the second quarter alone, he was nine of eleven for 118 yards and a touchdown. He was averaging 4.6 air yards per attempt. Which now I'm I'm seeing a lot of people saying like Brock Purdy's like a checkdown merchant, uh, <laughs> which is you know it's it's I I get it like that was just the game plan right
1: and it. and it worked. Game against, flow. That's all that is.
0: I mean, it, it worked against the Eagles. He's he's still averaging 9.6. Uh, yards per attempt this season. No. no one, no one's even close to that, right? So, uh, call him what you want, but he executed the game plan to a T. He finished nineteen of twenty-seven, three hundred and fourteen yards, four touchdowns, and I mean, what's going to get lost in all of this? Because I know a lot of his playmakers had some really big plays, you know, and we'll talk about that as well. Um, But he was converting some big third downs. He was. Kept the chains moving. Like, I don't think people are going to really pay attention to that, right? Because in the grand scheme of it, like those little things – I think we're already starting to take some of that for granted. I mean, I had uh, KP on the show yesterday to talk about uh, in the post game and he kind of mentioned like some of what Brock does. We're already starting to take it for granted. I think like just converting those big third downs is one of those things, right? Keeping the chains moving, being reliable um, in that sense, putting his offense in favorable spots. So I definitely, you know, want want to nominate Brock Purdy for his performance. I don't even think it was Brock's best performance, but I I can't I can't overlook his contribution to this win.
1: I mean, another one whose hands are all over it. If we were just stat box watching, you'd say this was his best game, right? Four touchdowns, 314 through the air. Um, whatever the completion percentage was, I think he was what it mis- had eight incompletions, something along those lines. <clears throat> I think what he gets knocked for in this is it didn't it didn't have to be flashy from his perspective. Meaning, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, didn't have to stretch the field. Listen, he made a couple really incredible throws. You just brought one up that that throw to to McCaffrey. That's a touch mm-hmm. throw. Put it right on the money. He had another one on a big third down. Where they isolated iuk all the way out to yeah, the to the, the right, right alone side, right? On, on, you know to the far side of the field out and put a dart out there you know like you can't ever knock a guy for just doing what he's asked to do and you you hit the nail right on the head. game plan this was the game plan or at least the new game plan after the original game plan <laughs> might have been yeah. scrapped but that's yep. game flow you want me to go in there and knock on the huddle and say hey brock you know, uh, I'm going to need you to throw that ball downfield. These writers don't like it too much when you're dinking and dunking, you know what I mean? And the other, the opposing fans are going to whatever scoreboard, 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 yeah. scoreboard. Um, it, but everything that you mentioned about back to the scene of the crime um in like a very similar, like fashion you know, a little, little rainy, cold, you know, a little bit colder for a December game. Like it was all lining up and the, the dude just, I mean, he's got the baby face. We all know that. But, like, he just looks calm. You know, like, I saw, like, a little smirk after the second three and out where he was just, like, a little, like, a little, I don't want to say defeat, like, just, like, frustration in his face. But that's fine. You're a football player. Like, you're going to get frustrated. Yeah. He's not slamming his helmet. He's not mother-effing anybody on the sideline. Like, he's just rallying, go, rally and go, and they believe in him. And my favorite thing about this is when everybody, you know, pregame, like, Based on his outfit, you see all the quotes are like "We ain't losing to this guy," blah blah <laughs> his, blah. Cole's
0: his outfit. Oh, that was the best. God I, sc-
1: <laughs> I screenshot that on my phone and be like, you know, see this seventy-five dollar Cole's outfit, and if you let him put his feet up on your couch, like, what a great reference. Um, but yeah, I he, I'll be honest with you, he wasn't on, on my list, but I felt confident he was coming to the table um, in right, this discussion. Yeah. Yesterday was just hard to to you know, like you could pick so many people that I think like influenced the, like it was a total team effort. That's the way, like it's, it was yeah for for me, hard to find somebody that played poor enough that they should be like singled out. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree. Well, Weston, who's your, who's your next candidate then?
1: It's, It's I'll call him by his right name. Then I'll call him by the name that everybody else calls him. It's Debo Samuel not Debo ah, Samuels. Ah. <laughs> like I have to like, these are professional stuff that get paid. Like, and...
0: yeah. Who's calling him Debo Samuels. Still? Everybody
1: do not just turn, like turn on any of these channels. They all call them it. Um, former players, shady McCoy, Steve Smith. Like, I'm just like, guys, stop. Oh like, you know God. what it is. Um, in any case, <laughs> the biggest thing for me with Debo was, yeah, he, you know, he talked a lot after the the loss in the NFC Championship yeah. game, and that talk continued and continued, and he never backed down from it. I don't even know if I necessarily agreed with him. You mentioned this is a different Philadelphia team and a different defense than it was last year. I don't know if rookie year Brock, like that's just a tall order, right? Now he's a little bit more seasons, got things under him. So, but again, I know this is a a, a trash talking sport, and it, it is part of the equation but it's been consistent chatter around things would have been different. And it's specifically coming from a single individual, right? Like who's been the voice and the focal point of this for him to come in and have the game that he had 138 total yards, three TDs in a very physical manner doing all things. We talked about last week, how it was like, Hey, nice to see a 2021 Debo, right? Where you're doing a little hey, bit of the running yeah. game, a little bit of the passing game. This was that. in in you know and then some right it was just building upon the presence that he built you know in the 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 most recent game and just he was a beast he was a dog and you just have to respect the fact that like in any any chasm of life when you talk your talk you better walk your walk and the man walked his walk and for that he has my god he already had my respect but no, that was a big game that he that he talked and a big game that he put up.
0: There, there aren't a lot of players who can talk as much as he does and back it up as much as I've seen him do. Like I'm, I'm still thinking also about that that one mic'd up moment that we had in I think it was like two playoffs ago when he was telling Kyle to give him the ball against the Cowboys. He put he it called in the box. It. He. <laughs> He scored. (laughs) Like, I mean, he he can Debo. Like, why didn't you tell us it was this easy? (laughs) Just like (laughs) manifest it, say it out loud, and it happens. Like, hey, do this every week. You know, like it just it it seems like it's that simple for him that he can, uh, you know, flip the switch for himself and and also for this team. Like we we've talked about it before that Debo has that ability to flip the game on its head if you know if he needs to if the 49ers need him to right and i mean he he called it i mean it's 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 just incredible he caught all four of his passes 116 yards receiving 115 of those came after the catch No, that is insane and yeah the the two touch two two receiving touchdowns you mentioned and then um he had a quarterback rating a perfect quarterback rating of 158.3 or Sorry, it went throwing to him quarterback. Yes. Brock Purdy had a perfect quarterback rating of 158.3 throwing to him. He also on the ground had a rushing touchdown, which I really liked that play. And maybe this goes back to Kyle Shanahan because on that play, they used Hassan Reddick's aggressiveness against him. And it just left him in the dust. So, like, he wasn't going to do anything on that play. And, I mean, I'll also say this about Debo Samuel. When he hits that second gear, oh. the infamous second gear, I, I know he's about to break one when he hits that gear. Like, the, once once he does that, like, that's the game. Like, <laughs> like that, yeah. he's going to score. He's going to score. Um, and so I saw something that, that said that uh, he hits 20-plus miles an hour twice on Sunday. And... On the he was 20.45 miles per hour on the 12 yard touchdown run. That's the third fastest time by a 49ers ball carrier this year. Um he this was this year this year, yeah. Uh 20.23 20. miles an hour on his 46 yard touchdown catch, his fifth fastest, and then 19.45 miles per hour on the 48-yard touchdown catch. I mean, once he it is just tough to to catch him once he gets to that mode, right? And, that second gear. And, and
1: he surprised you how fast he is, though, because he's like that little stocky guy. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, he's going to be. And then you're like, oh, my God, he's pulling away from me. And to your point, like, it's visible to the audience when he hits that second gear. My lone frustration I was like, hey, Fox camera crew, keep up. Debo sees something that I can't <laughs> see. Right. And he's about to split a defender or take it you know, across the field, like switch cameras now. So I know what's happening. Um, just to, I,
0: I also, I, I also just want to say one more thing. Yeah, Ray Ray McLeod didn't play this game. yeah. Um, And so Debo Samuel was out on kick return duty in, in this game. And I think he did a good job. Like, I, I think I want to see him there more. Like if it wasn't for like the injury risk, uh, yeah. you know, of, of returns, mm-hmm. I'd love to see Debo. Um take on more return duty because he looked like he he was almost gonna break one but then he got tripped up
1: yeah the injury risk is one but it's also like you know the self-belief of debo samuel could actually <laughs> hurt them where he's like nine I'm yards saying. deep if in the end zone it, he's like i'm he gonna just house Says it this. out loud yeah, yeah exactly it's <laughs> all he has, this. Do, that's, <laughs> that's what he has to do
0: apparently that's <laughs> all
1: he has to do Kyle, let me back right. up i'll put it in the box that's what he said i'll put it in the box <laughs>
0: wow um yeah my my brother in the comments says Debo aka Cheetah wow okay I don't know about that because Tyreek Hill may have something to say but hey I mean Debo's pretty fast again once he once he knows once he sees like green he's like I'm I'm housing this yeah so love it he can call it um all right Weston who's your who's your next nominee here
1: it's you I said Debo
0: oh that's right okay um, obviously see, he was I, on your list I, as well. <laughs> he was on my list and that was like my, my biggest one. So yeah. that's why I thought, you know what, I'm going to stick to the offense on this one. Cause you know, I, I sense the theme here. So I'm going to stick on offense. This one might be not as expected, but I just wanted to give this player his flowers as well in this game. Juwan Jennings. I mean, you know, maybe a little unexpected, but I like this one this week. He was clutch this week and I went back and I, I looked at how many third downs he had or he converted in this game is three. It felt like more, but yeah. at three, I think it was because in the moment and two of them happened on the same drive. And so I'm going to just read them off. Third and five. It was an 18 yard catch that he had on third and five. Third and nine, uh, eight-yard catch. Not converted, but set up a fourth and one. Fourth and one yep. At that point, they were on the Philly 36. Next play, CMC converts it. So he, he put them in a Wait, good spot.
1: Ten minutes left in the game when they went for that fourth down, too, if I remember yeah, correctly.
0: Oh, love it. And then uh, third and five, a catch, and Eli Ricks get the hell off me, an 18-yard touchdown. It seems like he's been doing that lately. Like, he just does this, like, turn and – gets every defender off of him and just keeps going. Um, I I like that new wrinkle in Juwan Jennings' game. Oh, yeah. I mean, he was already third in Juwan. And I, you know, I think we're also seeing maybe some of Kittle and Debo is rubbed off on him a bit because now he's really starting to want to get those extra yards after the catch.
1: Yeah. He's just a really nice luxury as your third wide receiver, yeah. right? Yeah. Because you have confidence in him as a wide receiver. You know, uh, let's not forget this man also caught a Hail Mary to beat Alabama. Or was, was it Alabama or Auburn? Whatever. He caught a Hail Mary like in a very big college. Like, so he he's he was a big-time college receiver. He's got his there's trustworthiness about him in the passing game. He's a f- of an animal an instigating animal while he's out there blocking in the run game and this offense always looks its best when that third wide receiver is like reliable a la like kendrick Bourne, you know back yeah. in, the, in like 2019 2020 um and i love juwan jennings i just you know i probably not back next year but um let's enjoy him while while we have it he um yeah, he's I, playing
0: for. Is he playing for a bag? He's probably playing for playing a bag. For, I don't
1: know if he's playing for a bag. I think he's playing for a real a I mean, bit I'm more not saying a it's a big bag. I'm just yeah, saying yeah, yeah. like he's
0: gonna get a bag. Like he's, he's gonna get a second contract. He's playing for like a
1: coin purse. You know what I mean? And by NFL standards, but he, but hey, listen, I have the coin somebody's gonna pay him. Somebody's <laughs> gonna pay him more than we're gonna pay him because of what he is in the offense. And somebody's gonna have some some belief in him. But he's just a really fun piece. He's a really awesome guy to like root for. Um, and yeah. To your point like big crucial moments in the game last night and then he finds himself the end zone like what a game for 15.
0: Yeah I I love it I love it all right so for me those are all the offensive players do you have anyone else on offense that you wanted to nominate
1: I'm not How, how do we not Christian McCaffrey, like he's still the engine. Yeah, manager. I mean, yeah,
0: that's it's, fair. He's yeah.
1: the most valuable player in the league. Like I know we want to talk about Brock Purdy, it's this guy. Like it, yeah. you know, another. You know, we you want to know why he doesn't get nominated anymore? Because we're like just another day, right? Yeah, just another I know. Day it's, at the it's office like for Warner like one hundred thirty three total yards, a single touchdown. Like, you know, just light work. That's yeah, light work just for him. Light work. Just a, you know got him out of the game early enough, right? Like get a little rest in him before this next game. But like, it's hard to ignore what he does week in and week out. And then I would like honorable mention Trent Williams. Cause yesterday got me thinking, is he the most important piece of this offense? Because God, it looks a little different. Like, listen, we didn't even make an attempt to run the ball to the right, unless it was a gimmick play when we yeah, were straight not, up running not, the not, offense, yeah. we might as well have been like, we'll Hey, Hey, Put two people over seventy-one. You know that's where we're going, and it wouldn't and have mattered. And still
0: blocking their ass. Yeah, it
1: would yeah. not have mattered. Um, <laughs> he matters significantly yeah. to the viability of the of our Super Bowl hopes. So, um, but it was very evident against uh you know, a very very, maybe the best defensive line that this team will see all season. Right, and God, we needed him in there, and thankful he was in there.
0: In, in particular for the run defense, I think that's what the Eagles defense right now is most known for. I yep. mean, that and so coming into this game and I'm, I'm trying to find the so coming into this game, Philadelphia defense was allowing 85.3 rushing yards per game. They're third best in the NFL at that now, if you look at just the last three games, then you you, you start thinking mm, I don't know if I'm buying it. Yeah, but I think the point still stands. Like, they're they're a good run defense, and as far as like yards per attempt that they were allowing uh, this season, it was 4.1. Well, Christian McCaffrey averaged 5.5 on Sunday, and yeah, I think that did have a lot to do with the um, you know big Trent and. Actually, like, if you look at the Eagles um, run defense, a lot of the success that the opponents were having was running to the left. So it actually worked out perfectly well. Um, yeah. Just, their, you know, their their flaws fitting in with what the 49ers do best, running behind Trent, right? So, yeah, I mean, I, I am starting to get to that point with McCaffrey where it's like, okay, I can nominate him every week, but, yeah. like, you know, what fun would that be, right?
1: Like <laughs> There's no room on the that, list for like Jawan Jennings if we keep saying McCaffrey.
0: <laughs> but, you know, it, it's it's similar to Fred Warner. Like, you set your watch to how good those guys are they, because they do it every single week. Trent Williams, same way. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think we can really stop appreciating how much he does for this team and i'm with you i think if you're asking who the mvp is on this team and if you had a pick between brock purdy and christian mccaffrey i'm only christian mccaffrey uh and that's no slight to brock purdy yeah. at all that's just how good uh, mccaffrey has been so i respect your selection um but now with that i'm gonna go to the defensive side of the ball yeah and i'm actually i'm gonna say javon kinlaw um Because, you know, what was crazy is he played 22 snaps in this game, which is about average for him. For some reason, like I felt like he played more in this game. But I think it was just the fact that he was making his presence felt a little bit more in this game and in, you know, helping contain Jalen Hurts in the pocket. He had five pressures in this game. That was a season high for him. Two sacks, also a season high. Three stops, also a season high. He also had three hurries. So in li- very limited snap, like twenty two snaps, and you get five pressures and two snap, two snap, two sacks. I mean, that's that's a pretty efficient day for Javon Kinlaw. So I'm just I'm happy for him. He's he's turned it around. You you remember the way he looked in the NFC Championship game? He was getting bullied, pushed around out there, and to come back and have a strong showing like he did and help this team in this win, I think was impressive. So shout out Javon Kinlaw.
1: Yeah, you know, in limited duty, he he definitely had a noticeable impact. And I think this game was actually the way Steve Wilkes coached up and Chris Kassar coached up this defensive line on what their responsibility was. It played to the strengths of the interior defensive line. It was like, yeah. don't go chase him. He'll be there for you because we're not going to let him outside, right? And he's going to have to step up. And, you know, that shows a maturation from Javon Kinlaw, right, of like understanding the understanding the assignment, you know, and where I need to be and trusting my coaching and and trusting instincts and trusting the skills that you've developed over time. Yeah. Great. Uh, You know, uh, a big positive for the San Francisco 49ers to, if 99 can start piecing together uh, some, some consecutive games that look like this, it certainly takes a lot of the pressure off, you know, Hargrave and Armstead and Kevin Givens, right. Just a nice little, another piece that you, because he was all but forgotten coming into this year, yeah. right? All but forgotten. He was written off, and nobody would have batted an eye if they just outright cut him. You know, you move, you move on. But they didn't, and you know that might pay dividends here in the back half of the season, getting into the playoffs.
0: Yeah, I I think so too. Um, yeah, big for him to have a a big game here against the Eagles. Um, but I think there are a couple other guys on the defensive side of the ball who had uh, big games. Uh, care to? Uh, Mention uh, your next
1: vote. I did not allocate a 49K player award to anybody on the defensive side this week.
0: Really? Couldn't
1: pick a single player. I thought this was the best defensive effort that they all put out. That's Uh, fair. And I don't think there was, in my opinion, because this game was void of turnovers, right? So there was nobody who made like the true impact splash play, that would put them out there. And I didn't want to be cheap, Steph, and just say, hey, how about the entire defensive line having 46 <laughs> pressures in a single game? <laughs> what? 46 <laughs> pressures in a single game. Do you want to hear him? Chase Young, seven. Armstead, six. Bosa, eight. Kinlaw, five. Hargrave, four. Feral, like, four. What? Gregory, five. Like, And there's still more that contributed to this. And you might say, like, oh, 46... Pressures. how come they only had three sacks by design right if that's if if they've had that same output against uh Kirk cousins against uh um, formerly matt ryan like your more stationary quarter they might have had 35 sacks in the game like they ate that offensive that's line crazy. up they just didn't push past a certain point because you saw early in the yes. game what happens when you did randy gregory yeah. broke a one time and there's Hertz outside nine yards, and he'll do that all day. If the pass game is yeah. not there, he'll do that all day. And they took that away. I really mean this when I say this, Steph. I thought this was the most complete defensive performance of all season, given who the opponent was, given who, what their yeah. skill sets were. They adjusted. They shut down the, the pass game. Um, they obliterated the run game from get-go. It just it just was felt like the most impossible challenge to choose a single defensive player because it was so void of the the, the 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 super sexy attractive stat lines that might separate something. Nobody had like a 40 tackle game, you know. The the our leading sacker was Javon Kinlaw, but I could argue there was eight people around the bo- outside when Jalen Hurts tripped over his own two feet. Um, you know, that they all contributed. Everybody yeah. mattered in this game.
0: Yeah, no, I, I'm totally with you. Um, at the same time, and, and thank you for bringing the 46 pressures tidbit. I didn't even know that. Um, but at the same time, I'm like, you know, for that performance, that defensive performance, I feel like it'd be wrong to not like, you know, God. give some, give someone, um, you know, some praise. So I'm, I'm gonna like make this a two, two player, one it. Um, Mooney it
1: you're not wrong by right, any game right. like that
0: say are so am so I'm going to give them their flowers. Yep. Um, Mooney Ward and Ambry Thomas. I mean, Mooney Ward, he was targeted eight times, allowed four catches for 75 yards. Looking at that, like, it seems like a lot, and it's like, well, why would you say that's a great game? Because he was going up against A.J. Brown. And I already <laughs> mentioned the fact that A.J. Brown's, like, top oh. five receiver in the league. Um I'm sure there are arguments out there that he's the best receiver in the league. Um, Three pass breakups as well. And one of those actually like he, he kept two targeted touchdowns to AJ Brown from happening. One happened pretty early in the game. um, and, And that's what, yeah. First drive kept, kept the Eagles or limited the Eagles to just the field goal. Um, but but they were trying to get AJ Brown one on one with Mooney Ward. They probably loved that matchup, and they found out pretty quick. Like, hey, he's he's actually going to contest some of these. So maybe you want to uh, second guess that a little bit. And so he broke that one up outright. And then the one later in the game, uh, like he had his back turned, um, but it was just really good coverage on AJ Brown, and it you know hit the the back of his jersey you know no no flags no penalties in this game he's just been playing some good clean football some great coverage on receivers who are bigger than him like we yep. we talked about it last week like Metcalf's a hell of a specimen AJ Brown I'm sure has the size advantage on Mooney Ward as well and you just wouldn't know it because like i mean he's he continues to limit these big receivers it just feels like no no test is too great for him, no challenge is too big. Um, so yeah, I, I gotta give Mooney Ward some flowers and then Ambry Thomas. He was targeted 10 times, which is crazy. Um, he allowed six catches for 61 yards, but he also had three pass breakups in this game. And Devontae Smith, you know, he had his two. He was targeted quite a bit, especially like in the second half of uh, from Jalen Hurts. It seemed like he was like the only guy getting open at one point, and I still got to give some credit to, to Ambry Thomas because I think that's just part of this game plan of the defense that they just try to keep everything in front of them. Just don't, don't be get placed. beat deep. And that's yep. that's all you got to do. And these both of these guys have been doing that um, to perfection these past few weeks. I've been really impressed by both of them. So it just didn't feel right for me to not in- include them and – yeah, I guess I guess that uh wraps up our candidates yep. for this week's player of the week. I'm about to put this up on the screen for you guys to start the voting. Um
1: I, 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 I wanna yeah. I wanna chime in about Charvarius and Ambry because yeah. I agree, and they seemingly are getting better each week. And I know you know, people who watch the game be like, well, you know, it felt like Charvarius might have been getting torched early. But if you look at the first big play to AJ Brown, like, and listen, I, I, I'm i not one. I think they should like literally like remove pass interference as like a penalty to begin with both offensive and defense, like let these guys battle, right? Like that's the name of the game. But AJ blatantly extends both arms and pushes him off him at the top of his route and then there's just pure separation in the middle of the field because it's, man, it's man-to-man it's man coverage at that point, right? And everybody's backs to to the quarterback. But, again, you, you mentioned seven passes broken up between the two of them, and that seems to be just like a weekly occurrence. And And I agree. I think the mantra of this defense is don't give up the big play. Make them earn it yeah. all the way down the field because the big play is a cheap seven. Right. If we make them earn it, maybe they right, only exactly. earn three. And that's what they feel like they're they're kind of doing. We in, week out. Yeah.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. So now up on the screen are our candidates Ooh. for week 13. That must have been a win
1: with all those names. Player.
0: Yeah. There's, <laughs> there's a lot of a lot of names up here. Um, so you guys have some work to do. But let us know Kyle in Sanders, the comments. Sorta uh who you think should be voted as 49k player of the week for week 13 and in the meantime me and weston are going to continue to chop it up here on this week 13 game usually around this time weston at this point we talk about players we want to put on notice but i don't know if we have any guys that we need to put on notice let me know do you is there anyone you're thinking
1: I just go back to how we started the show with, with Dre Greenlaw. Like, it's just, you know, yeah. better, man. Like, you know, better. I don't even have a problem with the, cause I think the penalty was bogus the 15 yard for the right. Like got to get the man down. Like that's borderline, yeah. blah, blah, blah. It's the antics after the fact, right? Like, and he does it a lot, even when it doesn't get called. Like, I know he's always punching at the ball, but he's always doing it well after the whistle. It just don't put yourself and your team in that, Position right, like these. Every yard is just so valuable in an NFL game, right? And you know, we talk about like third downs, right? Like the, you win games by sustaining drives on third down and getting the other team off the field on third down. Don't be the reason they stay on the field for something that has literally nothing to do with the play itself. Man. You know, it's, it's 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 that. um If I had to say anything else, I'd say Ronnie Bell, who I love, like please don't be our punt returner. And if you're going to be back there, just run away from the ball. Cause I, I'm not, I was not confident with you getting underneath it. Um, but it's more about drag green law to me.
0: Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, I, I definitely think that you, you got to be smarter, especially in these big games. You, you know, the, I mean, every game is big and every game, like you can't really be making these mistakes, but Especially in games like these, like your team is going to be in the playoffs here in a, a few short weeks, right? You can't afford, your team can't afford to lose you in the middle of a game you know, especially that early, like, I mean, at no point in the game could, could any team afford it. I mean, apparently the 49ers could in this game, but,
1: (laughs) but you know what I mean? You got Oren Burks, baby. It's all good.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Oren Burks masterclass, but I mean, you just, you just never know. And it's just not a good look putting, you know, your, your guys in that position. Um, And so, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, yeah. If, if anyone should be on notice, I think Greenlaw, yeah, that's warranted yeah. for sure.
1: It's just hard with the – we agree on this, Steph. I know we do not disagree. That was an ultimate team win. That was not one player, maybe aside from Debo. By the way, that's where my vote goes. Hold All on. again, right, Fabio coming yeah. at me yeah I, I don't know shouting, I, out, I, yeah.
0: shouting out the Pac poster I, in the back
1: I, I think these cats are a little too young they don't understand what real music actually sounds like um but i'm with you on that five it does pay them no mind i'm playing Pac as i'm warming up for the game because you know <laughs> steph and i play for the team too <laughs> so we out here we out here doing us but uh You know, it was just it was it wasn't ever bigger than one person. Right. And I don't feel like one person single handedly this happens in the NFL. And usually it's the quarterback who wills the team to win. Just felt like collective, like from all all facets, you know, all three phases of the game, all three levels. Um, It was awesome. It was a lot of fun to watch that game. And I hope I see. I don't know seven or eight more of those for the rest of this year too
0: i mean those are my favorite kind of wins right like when when both sides of the ball just put on a masterful performance you know i yeah. you, you can't ex- you can't ask for anything better and i think you know you're right it all starts with the coaches um as evidenced by you know you voting for kyle shan <laughs> or putting <laughs> voting up yeah. or or uh, wanting to put Kyle Shanahan on this list uh, which I obliged, you know he's on the list um, sort of but <laughs> yeah sort of but you know I I think we're we're seeing we're seeing this team hit hit a peak right now and yeah. it just it seems like they're getting they're finding their stride man and the next big game is is that game against the Ravens on on Christmas and then you know, from there, it's get ready for the playoffs, right? So
1: and I just hope they're not peaking too early, right? Because we've seen that that happens.
0: Well, I, also- I think it's for for the Niners. I think it's a matter of like injuries.
1: Which, yeah, it's health,
0: health. Yeah, that's their that's their biggest thing, right? Like just staying healthy, which is easier said than done, especially in long seasons, especially when you play like physical games like the one they played yesterday. In fact, there were a plethora of injuries um, that Kyle Shanahan reported today. Um, I'll just read those off really quickly since, you know, we touched on the subject. Ross Dwelly has a tight end, has a high ankle sprain. Um, Eric Armstead has a foot and knee injury. They're waiting more info, I'm guessing, on the knee injury. The foot one was one he had, you know, last week. Didn't practice, but said he was going to play. He played, um, but now dealing with a knee injury. And so Kyle said they're waiting more info. Hopefully that's not too serious. Spencer Burford, right guard. um, He is also dealing with a knee injury. Uh, Of course, this is a different injury than what he had uh, two weeks ago. So something to monitor. And then cornerback Daryl Luter Jr., rookie, who's been playing on special teams, um, he's dealing with a hamstring injury. Ray Ray McLeod is still day-to-day with his rib injury. So not ideal. Nope. N- you know, not, not ideal right now. Um, but like, like I said, health is key. So hopefully some of these end up being, you know, just a, a couple of day injuries, maybe, you know, a week or so. And you hope for nothing more serious than that. But just some things to keep an eye on.
1: I think they're in a favorable spot though when it comes to being healthy at playoff time because it's the pressure of holding the number one seed is not on them. Right. Yeah. Um now it's just go check your boxes, win your football games, and you can watch how it plays out. And if it doesn't play out favorably, you know, and and Philly doesn't lose to Dallas next week or right or or find that that third loss, then you give you open up yourself for more options like hey, do I need to play Eric Armstead this week? Maybe not. Maybe I give them the extra week for the knee, right? Then you start being able to make those decisions for yourself. But right now, you know, you're, you're, you're gas to the floor, pedal, you know, pedal down because you're, you're, you want that number one seed. You want that coveted bye week yeah. and rather rest your players that way. Although um, I don't know. I just think they, they can find opportunities to rest who they need to, to make sure that, you know, they're as healthy as they can be um heading into the playoffs. Cause I I, I think it's an all but gone for conclusion that they're probably going to win the NFC West, right? So they're going to get a home playoff game. Um, when you take and you take it from there, if you get the one seed, great. If you if it's there to play for, but right now it's just week to week. Check the boxes, keep your team healthy.
0: Yep, the, I mean there's there's still a lot of. games left uh yeah so but hitting the stretch here so definitely have to look out for health um but wesson i think we're ready to name our 49k player of the week it It was honestly maybe the easiest (laughs) vote we've had all season thanks to an incredible performance from sir debo samuel um against the philadelphia eagles (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, you know, honestly, I, I hope this isn't the the last time that we see Debo have a performance like this this season. I'm sure in the playoffs, you know, that's that's really when he comes alive, you know. Um, and so I'm I'm looking forward to it. But great team all around win uh, for them on Sunday and. Just in the peak.
1: Do it. We got, like you said, five more to go. It's there. It's there for the taking. Control your destiny. All I care about is that six. I need that. I need that six Lombardi stuff. (laughs) You need
0: it. Yes. How much
1: my life needs that right now. So
0: I'm I'm with you. I am definitely with you um but guys thank you so much for tuning into our show today rocking with us for a little over an hour here we really appreciate it make sure you like this video if you haven't yet make sure you subscribe the channel if you haven't yet not just mine but weston's as well weston let everyone know where they can find your channel
1: we're it's real simple we're talking football come get come by give it a fly um, we talk a lot of Niners, but I spend a lot, you know, we spend some time talking about the rest of the NFL. If you just need a break from time to time and just want to know what's going on with the league, uh, I enjoy doing that um, so I can think about my team from the outside in. But, Steph, it's always a pleasure uh, joining you on these Mondays, especially when they're victory Mondays.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And hopefully <laughs> next week we're talking about another victory Monday after the 49ers play the Seattle Seahawks. But for now, folks, have a good rest of your Monday. Peace.